Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Hey, what's up, man? It's been a little while. I haven't talked to you in a bit. How you been doing? I'm doing well. It's about time you showed back up on this show. Yeah, well, you know, I was I was gallivanting around Europe as uh, as as you and Jeff documented. I was, you know, checking out all the little neighborhoods around Rome. It was a lot of fun till till we wound up in this. It was kind of a seedy neighborhood in in Rome, and and there late at night, and had all kinds of. You know, it looked like drug dealers and and ladies of the night running around. Oh, gosh. Um, but y- you know what they call ladies of the night in Italy, right? No, I don't think so. Prostitutes. Jeff, come back! I'm back, baby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast, presented by Sports Drink. Here are your hosts, Pam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're all in big, big jump. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, back again, joined by my co-host, Mr. Cam Matthews. How are you doing today, Cam? What? Shaking bacon. Oh, man. Not not a whole lot. Uh, I, I find myself as, as intensely relaxed as I think I've ever been. Uh, you know, yeah, you had you had quite the uh, quite the time the past few weeks. Yeah, went went on an adventure for a couple of weeks with the wife. Went went and hopped around, hopped around Europe. Uh, just I don't know. And, and and I come back, I come back to the states, and you know, no one likes to wind down a big trip like that. You've had all this fun on the road. You don't want it to end, but it softens the blow a little bit. When I come back and my favorite baseball team has forgotten how to lose. Uh, yeah, it has been quite the week. You know, Jeff and I hosted the show last week and we got to talk about a five and two week for your Atlanta Braves. But Alex skips out on the show for two weeks, gallivants all around Europe and then comes back and gets to talk about an undefeated week. It's it's. I, I mean, I guess I need to go on more vacations. And if it's you want to help with that, go to <laughs> patreon.com slash chatting average. <laughs> Were you saying that same thing? I was about to say, and to help Alex go on more vacations, become a patron at patreon.com. <laughs> oh, well, boy. Uh, we'll, add a, we'll add a send Alex and Cam on vacation tier that starts at about $5,000. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm all for it. Oh, man. <laughs> or, uh, but... help, help pay Cam's new mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You got one of those now. That's fun. Oh, yeah. Very fun. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was a hell of a trip. It was uh, a lot of fun to to be able to disconnect from the entire world and be in a place <laughs> where where no one could. Well, most people weren't speaking the language I was speaking. I always right. enjoy that because it, it's like you can be in a giant crowd of people, but it's almost like you're invisible. Like you can, you and whoever you're with can have whatever conversation and no one around you is going to know 
anything about what you're talking about, which makes people watching really fun over there. How much uh, how much weight did you gain on this trip? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I feel like I am wearing like an inner tube life preserver. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been like carb loading. Uh, well, well, let me, oh let me ask God. you this. Like how much how much like fish did you eat over there? Um, A little bit here and there. Not not a ton, actually. Um, okay. okay. But I, I did I did try to, you know, wherever we were at the time, try try to get something local. So tried a lot of uh, Italian and Greek food, which was a lot of fun. Loki, my favorite part of the trip, though, was we connected through Vienna, Austria. And so uh, we had long layovers each way. And we got to leave the airport and go like hang out in a beer garden in uh, in downtown Vienna and, until our next flight. And at that part of the world is just the coolest place to me. I, I, I got to go there uh, to southern Germany and Austria as a kid. And that's that's a place if I disappear, that's that might be where you want to check. Got it. Noted. <laughs> I mean, leave it to the leave it to the people that invented beer to to create a city that I absolutely love. So, uh, so I'm assuming that that traveling and because you and I really have not talked about your trip at, not a at ton. all. Like, like, like I, I know, like you, you sent us some some pictures in the group chat, and you know, kept us updated on on things and whatnot. You know, while you were gone, but you know, you and I really haven't talked one on one about your trip because I was trying to save that uh, for this episode. So I'm assuming that as far as like traveling and everything goes, uh, traveling was smooth, uh, fairly smooth. Um, got got a little hairy on the way back because uh, our our final flight into Atlanta. We, we pulled away from the gate and we're taxiing and we're about to take off. And then the captain gets on the speaker and says, oh, one of our computers went down. So we've got to go back to the gate. Uh, you guys will be staying on the plane. We're just going to swap out this computer. I'm like, OK, well, why didn't we figure that out before we got like 25 feet from the runway? <laughs> well, <laughs> that, to be fair, that, to be fair. It's probably best that they figured it out 25 feet from the one runway than 2,500 feet in the air. Right. That is, that's very true. Very true. But uh, <laughs> it was it, it was a flight from JFK into Atlanta, which is like a two-hour flight. But with the delays and then again having to wait on the tarmac in Atlanta, we were sitting in, on that plane for like five hours. Um, oh, gross. Which I didn't really care about because I didn't have anything to do that day. But my wife was turning around and hopping on a flight for a business trip literally so quickly that she couldn't go home first oh gosh oh yeah yeah she went down to new orleans for several days immediately after the trip really she just needed a a vacation from her vacation well let's be perfectly honest here from me that's fair that's (laughs) what i mean wouldn't you well why weren't these past two weeks refreshing I enjoyed my time with Jeffrey. We we had a we had a grand old time here on the chatting average. It's always podcast. a good time with Jeffrey and and Jeff as always. Thanks for uh thanks for being our most reliable bullpen arm. That's it. That's it. I mean, what other what other podcasts out there? What other Braves baseball podcasts out there bring you content in which a a man tries a moon pie for the very first time? I was uh... Of I grew up in Chattanooga, so of course I've had moon pies. But right. uh, getting to to live that moment with him was phenomenal. I, oh, I, I so loved good. every second of it. 
So good. So good. It was like, it was like watching. Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf build a rapid grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down. Okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. I'm Michael Judson Barry. And I'm Paris Nicholson. And we're both influencers. We're also your amazing hosts of The Social Dose, a fabulous new podcast where we serve your weekly dose of social's most important stories. It's like the yassification of news brought to you by us, Paris and Michael. Join us and special correspondence three times a week, every week. So listen to The Social Dose from something else and Sony Music Entertainment. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Watching and a the, baby and the bird RC cola the nest. with it. Yes, it was like watching a baby bird leave the nest for the very first time. <laughs> like I felt like I was, I felt like I was sitting on my front porch, drinking a cup of coffee and watching nature do its thing as Jeff <laughs> ate a moon pie. Just fantastic content. Should have gotten like David Attenborough to narr- narrate it. I could hear we see the distinguished southerner experiencing. <laughs> Mr. Donahue opens the moon pie. <laughs> Fantastic. So good. So, so good. So, uh, I guess the required question then, of course, because you went to Italy, what was the best thing you ate while you were over there? Ooh, boy. Um, like, is there anything that just stands above and beyond? I, I, I didn't have anything bad. I, I, I really didn't. I, literally everything was just like, and, and, you know, it could have a lot to do with the fact that I'm on vacation and the fact that I'm in this unfamiliar setting that kind of made it seem better than it, it was, but it was all phenomenal. And the um, fact that you were drinking copious amounts of alcohol. Uh, yeah, the oof, uh, we, we went through a good bit of wine. Good, good bit of wine on this trip. Oh, I have uh, no doubt about that. So we, we spent... Uh, we spent about two and a half days in Rome when we first got there, uh, and then we got on on the cruise, uh, on which we had the the all you can drink premium package. Um, oh boy, that was an adventure, um, like you do. But it was it was great. We were on uh, we were on Celebrity Cruise Lines, which uh, was the first time we'd been on them. They were fantastic. We were on a ship of theirs that only launched in December of 2018, so it was pretty much a brand new ship. Uh, the ship was only about half full because they're still scaling back how many bookings they take because of COVID. So it was just... I, I, I certainly would not have complained about that. It was a recipe for perfection, man. It, it, seriously, every step of the way, it was it was unbelievable. Um but yeah, like uh, got to uh, my wife found the place where they invented fettuccine Alfredo and they they make it table side. Ooh. Um, so we went there and that was a, a pretty stellar meal. Um, we the hotel for the first couple of days we were in Rome, um, it was literally around the corner from the Pantheon. So oh, nice. so our first morning in Rome, we. We get up, we walk out of the hotel, we walk like two blocks, and there's this little place where you it's like five euros, basically five bucks. You get a coffee and a couple of croissants, and you're sitting right there in front of the Pantheon. 
not a not a bad way to, to that start was, your day. That was quite an experience, and uh, <laughs> got got to go see the uh, the all of the big landmarks there. We went and visited uh, Vatican City. I, I apologize to the Pope on your behalf. Hey, how did that work out? I mean, I'm still alive, so obviously. Yeah, I didn't we, burst into flames when I walked through the gates. So well, that's good. That's <laughs> Although good. I will say this, we did try to squeeze in our tour of uh, of the Sistine Chapel um, a little tight to the time where we had to leave to catch the boat. Right. So so we started the tour and we're walking around uh, the grounds of Vatican City and um, watching the time. And we, we all of a sudden we only had like 45 minutes till we had to get our bags from the hotel and leave. Mm-hmm. So we break away from our tour group and just start guiding ourselves. I like, um, it. I like the, it. The place is much larger than than I've ever been led to believe. We we were speed walking through that place and could not find a way out for a, a solid thirty to forty five minutes. And and, and um, then and then what happened when you found the room with a fizzy lifting drink? <laughs> but it did it 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 felt like the Sistine Chapel was was just was getting back at me for things I'd done in my life. Like, you know what? You you don't get to leave here that quickly. You're just, we're going to keep you here for a minute so you can think about all the things you've done. <laughs> You're ours now. Exactly. That's what it felt like. <laughs> like, every time we turned a corner, we're like, sure, there's going to be an exit here. Uh, but we we ended up catching our train by the skin of our teeth, and we were all good after that. You turned a corner, and there's just an albino whipping himself. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, reference. Man, I remember that that was a Da Vinci Code reference, right? Oh, Fortuna. Yes, yes, it was. I, I like a lot of people, absolutely loved that book. So many people crapped on the movie, but I loved the movie, the first and the I, second one. I, so I feel like I, I, I think I've watched the first movie maybe once. Never read the book though, like it's slightly before my time. Gotcha. Like I was still a kid, really, when that book came into prominence. So it's not anything that like I've gone back to. I think to I read, read it when I was like nineteen or twenty, and it was just it, it's a it's an incredible book. I mean, if, okay, if okay. So I would I would have been four or five then. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, if you're ever looking for one, go get it. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it will it will freak you out uh, if you read that before going into Vatican City. I can imagine so. I can imagine so. So. But, but yeah, got did, you, a, did you did you run any run into any interesting locals or anything while you were there? Oh, I mean, all all of the locals were were very very interesting. The uh, the 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 culture seemed to be very much built around. This is going to shock you, uh, food and wine, right? Right. And like even the locals, like they're they're you know standing up getting coffee at the espresso counter and then going and getting their sandwiches and and just it seemed like everybody's hopping from restaurant to restaurant but that could also just be because it's such a a touristy city okay so so Megan and I are are finishing up uh the sopranos now first time we've ever watched through it so uh, yes so i got to know did you at, at any point ever feel like you ran into like an old country gangster um, like an like just an old world mob member that mob member that when you looked at him you said 
That guy's done some things in his life. Anybody that walked by me in a suit, I kind of took a step to the side. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like, like if if you're walking the streets of Rome at like 2 p.m. on a weekday and it's 95 degrees out and yet you're still in a three-piece suit, um, even if you're not like affiliated with, with a mafia or anything, like I'm scared of you. If you're if you are walking down the streets of Rome in a three piece suit in the middle of the afternoon, you have without a doubt cut someone's thumb off before. Like at least at, at the very least, least. at least. <laughs> <laughs> we use a sock full of oranges because it doesn't leave a bruise. I, you know, what? I, I don't know. <laughs> Lord Cam, do you have some stories to tell here? I don't know. That's that's like a Bing Crosby quote. From Family Guy, so it's not actually a Bing Crosby quote. Anyway, <sighs> but yeah, it was it was fantastic. We so we get on the boat, uh, start going around the Greek islands. We went to Santorini, which is one of those places where every corner you turn looks like a postcard. It, it was right. it was incredible. Um, got a just brought back an entire suitcase full of like baklava and pasta and uh and and wine and limoncello and stuff like that very nice very nice yeah my how how long did it take you to get through customs on the way back um not too long they didn't like pull us aside and go through our stuff or anything but the the line was pretty long at jfk i must say I, i can imagine so can imagine so and it's it was fun getting to jfk at five in the morning the next day to catch our flight back to Atlanta. Um, (laughs) Because one thing I didn't expect was to be sitting there indoors, eating my breakfast um, and have pigeons flying around overhead. That seems so like I'm, I'm taking a bite of my bagel while also dodging pigeon shit at five 30 in the morning (laughs) at K airport. Quite a, quite the way to start your day. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. To be fair, you probably would not be the first person to ever get pooped on at 530 in the morning in New York City. This is true. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Anyway. So anyway. What happened while I was gone? What did I miss? Oh, you know, uh, decapitation, whole big thing. We had a funeral for a bird. To be expected. To be expected. That poor bird uh, had so many funerals. Uh, no, um, we had a couple of games in which I thought that the Brave season was over, and then we magically turned <laughs> it on, and here we are. And here we are. I actually got to go to the game today, and woo, was it a steamer out there? Um, but yeah, I, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. You know, the, the two games I'm talking about that I thought like season over was those two games we lost to Arizona while you were away. Uh huh. I, I, I thought that was it. I thought we were done. I, I got to say, it is exceptionally difficult to keep up with baseball uh, that many time zones away because like it's I, I, th- I want to say there were two games in in one of the series that had the same score, but one like ended after midnight our time. So there were two games showing on the same day and I didn't know what the hell I was looking at. <laughs> what was in that wine? Because when you go when you go onto ESPN.com like on your phone, all the all the start times, all the finish times, all of that adjusts to the time zone that you're logging in from. Right. So whenever I'd look up the major league schedule for the day, it would be like Braves 
uh, Braves Rockies, uh, 4.30 a.m. Oh, cool. <laughs> Sound like a little little breakfast baseball to oh, start yeah. your day. Fun times. Well, it certainly sounds like you had a tremendous trip. Uh, I was I was certainly afraid that you were going to come back to the show acting all cultured and whatnot. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm 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 still me. Although I ha- I do own a fedora now. Art. Art. Are you, are, 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 you, are you wearing it right now? I am not wearing it right now. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Although. When we finally meet, the day that I drive up to North Carolina to come hang with you, I will be wearing it. Oh, dear God. I might have safari flaps on it by then. I do not know. Just as long as you have dice in your pocket. Always. At all times, Cam. But hey, that's enough about the last couple of weeks. What do you say we talk about some baseball from years past? Let's do it. All right. We are going to jump into This Week in Baseball History. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is June 13th through the 19th. Our first fact comes to us from June 13th, 2012. Ted Barrett becomes the first Major League umpire to be behind the plate for two perfect games. In addition to calling balls and strikes for today's gem thrown by Giants' Matt Kane. The 18-year veteran arbitrator was also the home plate umpire when David Cohn threw his perfect game against the Expos at Yankee Stadium in 1999. Very cool. So I know we often don't think as umpires as people, but yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a neat fact. They're not. They're not people. Yeah, <laughs> they, no, they're not. And I, I refuse to consider them as such. They are not. They are uh, speaking of umpires, frustration and nothing more. Speaking of umpires not being people, Ben Ingram had a pretty good line about umpires this weekend. Which was, <laughs> what did he say? Jim Jim was saying something about, you know, like umpires going back and reviewing games afterwards and like looking at their calls that they made. And Ben pipes up and goes, yeah, everybody but Angel Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like no hesitation in his voice either. Just, just went for it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Ben Ingram is a friend of the show. Friend of the show, Ben Ingram. All right, our next fact comes to us from June 15th, 1992. The New York Penn Minor League Erie Sailors beat the Jamestown Expos in 13 innings at College Stadium 6-5. to five marking the first ever game played by a team representing the National League's new expansion team, the Florida Marlins. The first pitch of the franchise is thrown by John Lynch, who will leave baseball to eventually become a safety for the NFL Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Denver Broncos. That's a neat piece of trivia. Yes, it is. So that there's a good piece of bar trivia for you. But uh, I, it was a few weeks ago where we talked about, you know, we're, we're getting into the neat history now of um, like the 30-year anniversary of um, of expansion of uh, the Rockies and the Marlins coming along. And so, you know, we're getting a lot of neat facts about that whole process. And so the first fact we brought up a few weeks ago was uh, about the radio station in Miami being chosen to be the original flag st- flagship station of, um, of the Marlins. But now here we get to talk about the very first game that their first minor league affiliate got to play because there's another piece of a new franchise coming along is you have to select new minor league teams to go along with it. Yeah, yeah, and and 
who who would have thought that I don't know if he's in the NFL Hall of Fame, but a Hall of Famer threw out the first pitch of the uh, uh, of the uh, in the Marlins system. There it is. There it is. So, you know, as we potentially get closer to seeing a couple of new teams pop along in the next few years, bear in mind that there will be a lot of neat little steps that will go along with that, as we've seen in years past. All right. Our next fact comes to us from June 17th, 2007. At the Rogers Center in Toronto, Blue Jay Frank Thomas strokes his record-setting 244th-round tripper as a designated hitter in a 4-2 loss to Washington. The third-inning solo shot off of Micah Bowie moves the 39-year-old veteran past Edgar Martinez for the most home runs hit by a DH in Major League history. I I just, I I can't, I still can't do Frank Thomas Blue Jay. (laughs) Yeah, so it feels weird to me as well. But also, I don't know if I can do Frank Thomas baseball player. Because what? Because he, no, no. I mean, just when you look at the guy. Oh, the you only just, think of him as testosterone supplement guy? No, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. He was just such a giant of a man that, like, he's not, like, okay, if, if you knew nothing about sports and I showed you a picture of Frank Thomas, your mind would not go to baseball first. Well, yeah, but that was an era of giants in baseball, though. No, I mean, that that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Frank Thomas is just one of those guys that's kind of like an enigma to me. And I don't know if it's mostly because I feel like I didn't necessarily see a lot of his career. Just because his heyday was when I was still very young and even then he played his career in the American League. So... I didn't exactly see a lot of it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, having lived up in Chicago for a little while, Frank Thomas was the dude. He That's was cool. the he was he was like the the Ronald Cunha Jr. of of that time. So then, how how does he like in terms of like Chicago lore? How does he fit in with a guy say like a like a Paul Konerko? Oh man, that's a tough parallel. Obviously, Frank never never won a World Series with them, but um, I, I I don't know. I think Chicago in general, for both casual and serious fans, Frank Thomas is the bigger legend. But for like the hardcore White Sox fans, it's got to be Canerco. So okay, so like okay, here, here's here's a question for you then, as someone who lived in Chicago. For the quote-unquote hardcore fan, like the Chicago guy, the Chicago citizen, what team do they pull for? It's it's as even of a split as I think there is. I mean, if you ask, okay. if you ask me about New York, uh, I, I would say it's all Yankees, and then like the the Mets are the baby brother. Uh, in LA, it's the Dodgers. Despite despite people that insist that true New York baseball fans are Mets fans, right? Yeah, like okay. like in LA, I think it's the Dodgers by a mile, and then the Angels. And um, but but in Chicago, it really is like the places I worked. It was almost an even split every time uh, uh, of Cubs and White Sox fans. Interesting. Interesting. And there so- is there is a a real hatred between the two of them. By the way, oh, I can see that. I, I I could absolutely see that. Very cool. All right. Our final fact this week comes to us from June 19th, 1927. 
Jack Scott becomes the last pitcher to go the distance in both ends of a doubleheader. The 35-year-old Phillies right-hander, who will compile a 9-20 record, beats Cincinnati in the opener 3-1, but loses the nightcap 3-0 in the Redlands Field twin bill. Back back in a doubleheader. Let me let me just go out there and casually throw eighteen innings today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, so we talk about all the time, and like, gosh, you can't turn on a baseball broadcast now when a pitcher gets pulled in the fifth inning. About, well, you know, twenty years ago, guys were going eight innings in these ball games. How about Jack Scott going eighteen innings in one day? Uh, the unreal. Suck it, John Schmoltz. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that is then. Smoltz could never. Smoltz could literally never. Anyway, that has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys. We uh, will be right back to recap the last week for the Braves and take a look at what's ahead as this incredible winning streak continues. A 25 lighters on my dresser. Yes, sir. All right, guys, I have the distinct pleasure of recapping the last week for the Atlanta Braves. It was an up, up, up week for the Braves. Things are looking up, Jerry. Things are looking up. Boy, are they. We started the week on Tuesday hosting the Oakland Athletics for a two-game set. Uh, We had... We were going up against Irvin on the mound for Oakland. We had Kyle Wright going for the Braves, and everything was going right for Kyle. Uh, yeah, this is a Braves staff ace, Kyle Wright. He, he's it, it's incredible what he's done. Kyle did uh, went eight innings full, allowed five hits, two earned runs, didn't walk a batter, and struck out seven on a hundred and five pitches. Kenley Jansen came in for the save. We got two homers in the first three innings from Ronnie and then a Heredia homer in the seventh to win the game for the Braves. It's always a fun game when you have uh, when you have Guillermo Heredia hitting so, home runs to win it. And and even like more fun fact about the Ronald, you know, back to back at bats with a homer. It was actually three at bats in a row with a homer because his last at bat on Sunday against Colorado, he also hit a home run. Oh, yeah. He had three home runs over nine pitches. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Also, there, there something popped up on the uh, on these lineups that I'm looking at uh, that I, I, I never saw there before I went on vacation. Uh, what is this M.Harris 2? Oh, yeah. You were uh you were not around for this, were you? <laughs> no, no, I was uh I was gone when Michael Harris got called up. Boy, he has uh he has been quite the spark plug since he's come up. And you know, it it, it it's interesting. I, I was gonna touch on this later, but now is, it's just... is he like first week demerit just lasting longer? It seemingly well, I mean, I I, I think you know, higher ceiling, of course, but what also cannot be understated is his defense. You know, you you slot him into center field, you slide Adam Duvall over into left, and then you put Ronnie in right when he's feeling up to it. And, like, suddenly your outfield looks a whole lot better when you don't have Ozuna roaming around out there. Or oh, you have so much. 
And plus, not to mention, like, Michael Harris is kind of an insane defender out in center field. He really is. And the crazy thing about it was, like, when you're wa- when you're watching him, right, when, when you look at the jumps he gets, when you look at him running out of the box uh, on a hit, like, he looks like he's flying. Yeah. Um, the, the stat cast numbers do not support him having, having elite speed, but the jumps this guy is able to get make it look like, like he's the fastest guy on the field. Yeah, it, it, it really does. You know, there, there was a couple of catches. I, I can't remember if it's in the Tuesday night or the Wednesday night game, but Andrew Jones was in attendance and oh, yeah. Andrew was quite impressed himself. I believe it. And there were a couple of other plays this week where uh, I think uh, one was the the triple he had the other day where it was misplayed in the outfield and he made it to third base. Uh, and and there, there was no hesitation. Like he was able to recognize the misplay so quickly that he never broke stride turning what should have been a, a stand-up double into a triple. Yeah, his his speed is is phenomenal. I, I honestly, I don't even think it's his speed. I think it's a result of his awareness just being completely off the charts. Well, whatever it is, it it seems to certainly be working. And you know, shockingly, you plug a good player into what is already a good lineup, and the team just gets that much better. Yeah, and and now like slotting him at nine, having him in front of Ronald. Oh gosh, I love oh, it. Man. I love it so much. It's amazing. So so if so you get if you get nine, one, and two on base, you've got Michael Harris, Ronald Cooney Jr., and Dansby Swanson running the bases. Like that is a nightmare for any team in baseball to deal with on the base paths. <laughs> As we saw on Saturday. We'll get to that game though. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So uh the Tuesday game, Braves win the first of the set with the Athletics three to two. We go into the Wednesday game. The last home game we'll have against the Athletics. It was a little bit more lopsided of an affair. Uh, Ian Anderson got the start going up against uh, against Koenig for the Athletics. Uh, Ian Anderson manages to go six innings, allowing six hits, two earned runs, walked two, and struck out five. Uh, meanwhile, the starter for the Athletics goes four innings, allowing five hits, four earned runs, walks two, strikes out three. So uh, a Big offensive effort from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, after going down two to nothing in the fourth inning, they just went off. Uh, yep. Started in the fourth with an Albie's sack fly to left. Uh, and then the aforementioned Michael Harris triple uh, that scored Ozuna and Duvall gave the uh, Braves the lead in the fifth inning, three to two. Then followed, then Austin Riley came in with a, with a homer right behind that to make it five to two. Sit in the sixth inning, William Contreras comes in and gives us another homer. Uh, Riley gets uh, another RBI in the seventh. Olsen gets a, an RBI single in the seventh. Uh, Ozzy Albies gets a home run in the seventh, uh, scoring Riley and Olsen. And finally, Adam Duvall homers, scoring Marcelo Zuna. Braves win the game 13-2. to and and what's funny too is that in both of these games the Braves trailed two to nothing initially. They did, yes. And then then eventually we're just like, all right, that's enough of that. Nonsense. But you know what the best thing about this game was, Cam? What's that? 
Do you know who the final pitcher for the Oakland Athletics was? Oh, crap. I don't remember. Christian Betancourt. Oh, yes. 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 Catcher yes. of the future. For Braves. Le- whomst amongst us was not convinced that Betancourt wasn't going to be like the the catcher for the Braves for the next decade. Let me tell you something, brother. The first game that I watched him in in Atlanta where he threw someone out at second, I thought, by God, we've got this a is the guy. Th- we, this is it. This we've is- got our catcher. We have Christian Bethencourt behind the plate. We have Jason Grilly as our closer. Things are looking up. Things could not possibly get better. Fast forward to 2022. He's getting mop-up duty as a pitcher for the Athletics. Have I have I talked about how much I love Jason Grilly as our closer on this show? I, I think you have, but feel free to reiterate. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Jason Grilly ruled. Okay. All like seven foot three of him standing on the mound, just staring in at batters. It was great. I, I liked him because I lived in Pittsburgh when he was playing there, and they sold a sandwich at PNC Park that was called the Closer, uh, and it was a like a, a triple stack grilled cheese sandwich with like six different kinds of cheese. It was amazing. Grilly cheese was right there. It was it was it was right there. Well, like, they were already selling the grilly cheese shirts. So did you sell the sandwich? Okay, never mind. Next game. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna end up getting mad about something that happened in like 2012 and it, it I, I just can't about a sandwich from 10 years ago <laughs> about, um, a, about a sandwich in Pittsburgh yes <laughs> all right well speaking of Pittsburgh we came back on Thursday to start a four-game home set to wrap up this homestand against the Pittsburgh Pirates Max Freed towed the rubber for the uh, for the first game for the Braves and managed to go six innings, allowing only one earned run, not walking anybody, and striking out eight. Brubaker went for the uh, for the Pirates, went seven innings, allowed three earned runs, walked two, and struck out seven. Uh, the offense came early, but not terribly often. It was a low-scoring affair. Adam Duvall gets an RBI single in the second inning. Swanson and Darno get RBI hits in the third, and the Braves win three to one. Only run that the the uh, the Pirates were able to tack on was a Sawinski homer to right in the fourth inning, uh, but really was able we were able to keep uh, uh, the the what little offense the Pirates had at bay. Have we uh, have we traded for Brian Reynolds yet? Like is he he's just staying with us now? I don't. Yeah, why why isn't he a Brave? He should absolutely be a Brave. The only guy that did anything it seemed like this entire series. Uh, was Brian Reynolds. Um, and, and, boy, and don't let his, like, 232 batting average fool you. No. Either. Because this guy. I would be very happy with a left-to-right outfield of Reynolds, Harris, and Acuna. Oh, absolutely. Heck, I would I would settle for Reynolds, Harris, and Duvall with Acuna as DH. Like, yeah, it, that would be fine, too. Let's let's having some fun, okay? <laughs> All right. So the Braves win their third of the week, go up three uh, a three to one win against the Pirates. Coming back for the Friday game against the Pirates, Spencer Strider gets the start for the Braves. Spencer Strider. That's another thing that seems to have happened while I was away. Strider seems to have really locked down that fifth starter spot. Uh, yeah. Turns out that uh that one hundred mile an hour gas 
That'll it's play good actually across four or five innings. That plays. Uh, in the Friday game, Spencer Strider went five and two thirds, didn't allow an earned run, did walk one, but struck out eight. So a pretty good outing for Spencer, considering he, uh, I don't think they consider him stretched out yet. Uh, the, uh, the Braves got the score, the scoring started in the third with a Dansby Swanson home run. This guy, guys, Dansby Swanson is good. I, I think that needs to be said. Um, there, there was, there was a lot of doubt about how good, uh, how good Dansby Swanson was early in the season, but my goodness, has this kid figured it out? Good for him. Hope he gets a nice contract. Yeah. I I don't know if he can keep this up till the end of the season, he's going to get absolutely paid. But, uh, I, I think we've seen enough Dansby Swanson to know that, uh, that, that we're probably due for a little slump here sometime soon. Would you would you say he gots to get paid? Ooh, he gots to get paid. There's a fun little fun little nugget. <laughs> uh, right. And the Albies comes back in the fourth with a RBI double, and then in the fifth, uh, Olson has an RBI single, putting the Braves up four to nothing. Uh, the Pirates fight back, get two runs in the eighth, but that is it. And the final is four to two. Braves win again. Gotta love it. So this is now nine in a row. That makes nine in a row. Nine times. So the Saturday game was uh, was a, a little tough to watch. It, it didn't look like it was going very well for the Braves. Uh, both teams put up, put up two runs in the first inning. Uh, and then there wasn't a ton of scoring after that until the Pirates came back in the fifth and plated two more runs. So after five, Pirates were up four to two, and we were getting a little bit nervous about our winning streak. Just a little bit. Just a, just a tad, but I will say, Pirates go up two to nothing in, in the top of the first inning, and then Ronald comes up and immediately cuts the deficit in half. You got to love it. Pirates go up on a Reynolds homer and a Vogelbach homer in the first, two to nothing. Braves come back in the bottom of the first, get an Acuna homer and a Riley homer to tie the game. So the first inning was was like extended batting practice, it seemed like. Yeah, it certainly seemed that way. And I feel like this was like the most that Vogelbach did all series against us. Uh, I, unless you ask the umpires, because he was uh, he was having lots of conversations with them, it seemed like. Yes, we call this the Kyle Schwarber effect. <laughs> if you just argue every ball and strike, you know, your 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 odds aren't very good, but you'll probably get more than average calls. <laughs> if I don't know what a ball and strike is, and who say that the umpires do? Exactly. Exactly. Uh so Charlie Morton got the start, had had kind of a rocky outing while also setting a personal record. Uh <laughs> yeah. which is a very odd thing. Uh, Charlie, that's, went, well, that's just like playing the pirates in a nutshell. Like, yeah, sure. they banged me up a little bit, but I also set my own personal strikeout record. <laughs> Charlie went six innings, allowing five hits and four earned runs, walked one batter, struck out 12 for a new career high in, in single game strikeouts. That, I don't know. It was, it was, it was the tough to watch Charlie Morton that was pitching on Saturday. It really was. 
And, and it wasn't until he got pulled and they mentioned it that I even realized how many strikeouts he had. Yeah, well, and, and another cool tidbit of this uh, that this game as well is that this was Charlie Morton's first start in his career against Pittsburgh. And so he oh, is I now think about that. So he has now started against every major league team in his career. Oh, is that the only one he was missing? That was the only one he was missing. Oh, very cool. Very yes, cool. yeah, very neat. All right, so the Braves end up, uh, come back in the seventh. They had a seventh inning to remember. So it starts on a Michael Harris single to center, scoring Azuna and Duvall. Gets the Braves back to within one run. It's four to three at this point. Dansby Swanson comes up and singles to right, scoring Duvall, Harris, and Acuna, clearing the bases. Braves take a six to four lead. And then everyone after Dansby Swanson got on base to load him up for Ozzie Albies. And all Ozzie did was homer 402 feet to right field for a grand slam in the seventh inning. That that makes it a nine, uh, sorry, an eight run seventh for the Braves. Braves win 10 to four. Yeah, so this inning was fun. Um, that was a lot of fun. It yes, it was one of those things. Okay, there there's there's a lot of things that happen in this inning. The the biggest thing I want to bring up is the fact of Dansby's little what was it like one hundred and twenty seven foot bloop single that somehow scored all three runs because Ronald scored from first in ten seconds. <laughs> Scored standing, mind you. I want you to to think about that for just a second. The man ran 90 feet from first to second, and then 90 feet from second to third, and then 90 feet from third to home in 10 seconds. 10 seconds. 270 feet, 10 seconds. he, he He scored so fast that they never actually put a camera on him running and nobody actually realized he was about to score until the relay made it its way into the infield, and the cutoff man turned around and realized, crap, Ronald Acuna is already halfway to home. Surely, like, as that ball's in the air to the cutoff man, the cutoff guy's thinking, oh, there's there's no way he's even trying to score. Nope. And yet, <laughs> he does. Fantastic stuff. Just such a fun inning. I feel like that has to be Ozzy's, like, what? Third, fourth Grand Slam of his career. I I, th- I think it was his fifth, if I'm not mistaken. His fifth. I, I, wow, I, I, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's like he's he's a dude with the bases loaded. Like he's one of those guys you want up there. He, even though sometimes it seems like he'll swing at just about anything, and sometimes he will with the bases juiced. I, I feel pretty good with Ozzy up there. Well, and even more importantly, he hit it left-handed too, which is always fun to see. Oh yeah, exactly. You almost expect it out of him right-handed, but uh, but lefty, that's a lot of fun. Um, all right, so the Braves extend their winning streak to 10 games with the 10-4 victory on Saturday against the Pirates. Come back to try to seal the sweep against the Pirates on Sunday. Got Kyle Wright back on the mound, going up against the slowest pitcher in the history of baseball, I'm convinced. I was at the game today, and Jose Quintana, I'm, I'm positive there's never been a pitcher that moves slower than him. It's insane. And it didn't help that he threw like 60 pitches in the first two innings today. 
Yeah, the first couple of innings did drag just a brutal. It, it, like an hour into the game, we were one batter into the second. <laughs> remember when? Remember when Jose Quintana like convinced everybody he was an ace? You remember when Jose Quintana was gonna get traded to the Braves for Ozzy Albies, and then for some reason the deal fell through. Thank God! Woo! Dodged a bullet there. You ain't lying. Goodness. All right, so Kyle Wright didn't have his his very best stuff today, but it was he was good enough. We got the battling Kyle Wright today. He went six innings, allowing three earned runs, walked two, and struck out seven. Uh, but 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 stuck with it because the Braves were able to give him an early lead, and uh, and he helped them to keep that. Quintana, on the other hand, goes five innings, allowing four earned runs, walking one, and striking out four. And it was another day where we got off to the races. Very early in the second inning, we start the scoring with William Contreras hitting a 420 foot bomb off the foul pole in left field to give the Braves a one nothing lead. William Contreras cannot be stopped. He is a he is what you call a mad lad. He really the the guy's hitting 292. And and I think I think there's only one catcher in the league. I think his brother is actually the only catcher in the league with more home runs than him. Has uh, Contreras, uh, William has nine, Wilson has 10, but Wilson plays every single day. Right, right. And, and so this was Contreras' uh, second day in a row uh, playing. And so it does sound like that Contreras and Darno are going to start playing like back-to-back days yeah, to it's, alternate. It, well, we're we're kind of in a, a little bit of a tough spot with the catchers right now because Travis is, is, is not – hitting very well at the moment. Um, he's just not. And, you know, when things are going as well as they are right now, you really don't want to pull Contreras out of the lineup. Um, so how how does Snitker navigate getting Darno the reps that he needs to get out of his slump? That That's kind of what I'm interested to see this coming week. Right, right. So, I mean... Uh... Heading up to Washington now, you know, for the next series, you hope that Travis can maybe turn it on. But I, you know, I'm still of the firm belief that we have the two best catchers in baseball right now in in tandem, which is just a absolutely thing. because even when even when uh, Travis Darno's bat isn't going well, he's still a plus catcher. So he he still can add value to the team even without his bat. So Contreras homers in the second, and then. Adam Duvall comes in to go back to back, absolutely mashes one 421 <laughs> feet into the Hank Aaron Terrace. It was really beautiful to see. And and one thing I've noticed with Adam Duvall in particular is, is he started hitting well uh, lately. Uh, a lot of extra base hits in the last week or two. Um, but at this point, like when, when he homers, if you watch him when he gets to home plate, the look on his face is one that I can only describe as a look of relief because I think he was so buried in the slump that he was in that now that he's getting some hits, this guy looks to be incredibly appreciated, uh, appreciative. Let me just, let me just throw a, throw a, throw a quick word out there. Please do. Don't, uh, don't let Adam Duvall get hot. Just gonna, just gonna say it. Don't let it happen. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't you do it. All right. So, uh, again, we get stung by this guy named Brian Reynolds in the third Jesus. inning. 
Sack is he slider. a brave yet? Why is he not a brave yet? Sack is, slider. We know he can hit in Atlanta. He was it, the only, it is he's the only dude that didn't hit hitting this whole series for the Pirates. It is 10.03 p.m. on June 12th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And Brian Reynolds is still not a brave. I, it, we'll get there. Patience. Patience. I brought anyway, this up like a couple of months ago, like when the season started. I, I know. Brian, I know. Like, before we even got Ronnie back, I was like, you know what? Brian Reynolds would look good out there in center field. Yes, he would. Still would. Oh, yeah. I'd take him. Well, uh, so... Reynolds comes in in the third, hits a sack fly to right, gets the Pirates on the board. It's two to one Braves going into the fourth inning. And then Adam Duvall had something to say about us wanting Reynolds to play left field. Uh, He comes in and homers again, driving in William Contreras, making it a four to one ball game. So two home runs on the day for Adam Duvall, which you just love to see. He just... uh... Just don't want to don't want to let him get hot. You know what I mean? Don't let it happen. Looks like Dude. it's starting to happen. They they shouldn't let it happen. Oh mercy! All right, so the Braves are up four to one going into the fifth inning and get stung again by Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds hits a homer to the chop house, uh, scoring Marcano and bringing the Pirates within one run of the Braves. Oh oh oh, Alex, sir, quick update: the trade just broke. It is now 10.04 p.m. on June 12th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And Brian Reynolds is still not a Brave. Damn it. Ah. <laughs> you got me. Ah. I thought for sure you were breaking story. <laughs> no, no. Okay, look, look. If that had actually happened while we were recording this, my reaction would have been a lot bigger than that. <laughs> no, it's going to happen like 20 minutes after we get done recording this naturally no 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 no. it's good no no we won't even be that fortunate because then we could at least come back and record a segment no it's gonna happen two in the morning yeah after you've got the episode scheduled and everything yes yes precisely uh so yeah it was a it was a tight game late uh with the braves only leading by one run but we get an important insurance run in the eighth from matt olsen who homers 420 feet to dead center field Making it, a, oh, making it a five to three ball game, which is where it would end. Braves win, and that makes it 11 in a row for your Atlanta Braves baseball club. I don't know what to do with my hands. Well, I do. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I don't even know what you're referring to, but it sounds kind of gross. Don't worry about it. So, so, okay. Almost two weeks ago, your Atlanta Braves were down ten and a half games in the division. And if tonight's Sunday night baseball score holds true, then by tomorrow morning, we will only be five and a half games back. And boy, I, boy, I tell you, we coming. That really, uh, really butters my toast. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that really, that really needs my dough, sir. Really, uh, really grinds my pepper. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that 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 one really salts my meats. <laughs> that one. That one really. That one really just squeezes my lemons. Oh you know yeah. What I mean? Oh yeah. That 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 one that that one really juices my fruits. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> 
that one that one really just smothers and covers my hash browns you know what I mean? somewhere a single tear of joy rolls down the face of dunna he listens to our show i don't know he should though <laughs> all right so we uh we're Cam, I wanted to give you an opportunity to go off on a uh, a rant that you uh, had expressed interest in oh, this week. Oh, boy! Yeah. Um, so, yes, the Braves have won 11 in a row, but they have won 11 in a row against the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Athletics, and the Pirates. So, Cam. Yes. Does that cheapen the winning streak? The hell else were the Braves supposed to do? <laughs> I, you know, there there are so many arguments in sports that I just I absolutely cannot stand, and one of them is, oh well, they haven't played anybody. Okay, what else were they supposed to do in that time frame? Like, let's say your Atlanta Braves had gone nine and two over the past eleven, or they had gone, I don't know, eight and three, seven and four. What is that? The what is the point that you quit talking about the like quality of opponents that they face? Yes, they face some bad teams, but they also went eleven and zero, which is what a good team theoretically should do. In fact, most good teams won't even do that much. I don't know. I'm just I'm so just so so tired of that argument about strength of schedule and and, and everything else. A good team will go out and beat the teams that they should, and that is what the Braves have done. And and I mean, there there you should receive praise for for doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, if you go to work and you do everything you're supposed to do, you get paid. So, Correct. <laughs> so that's what the Braves are doing. They're going to work every single day. They're doing what they're supposed to do right now, and they uh, they are reaping the rewards. And uh, the the stretch, luckily for us, seems to continue for another week because we have a series at Washington and a series at the Chicago Cubs coming up this week. On Monday, we are in Washington for a 7.05 start with Ian Anderson going up against Josiah Gray. On Tuesday, another 7.05 start with Max Fried coming up against the returning Steven Strasburg. On Wednesday, yet another 7.05 start with Spencer Strider on the mound up against Eric Fetty for the Nationals, and that will do it. Thursday's an off day for the Braves, and they get into Chicago on Friday where Charlie Morton takes on Keegan Thompson. Saturday's a 2.20 start with Kyle Wright up on the mound against Justin Steele, and on Sunday... Uh, another 220 start. We have Ian Anderson going up against Kyle Hendricks. So uh, another set of six games that realistically the Braves should feast on. What uh, what day did you say that we're facing the returning Steven Strasburg? Tuesday the 14th. Okay, let's look at Washington, D.C.'s weather this week. Uh-oh. Tuesday the 14th, high of 82. Uh, okay, Stephen will be all right. Ooh, I don't know. That's a little warm. Uh, that's true. Could, depending on the the humidity, it could, could cause some cramping. Well, as we know, it's not the heat that gets you. It's the humidity. It is. It is. That's fact. 
Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Steven Strasburg's got in the tank. Uh, and uh, it'll be a it'll be a good learning opportunity for Strasburg because he'll get to uh, be up against Max Fried and and get to see how an ace pitches. Well, and and two, it'll be a good scenario for the guys. Like all jokes aside, to really avenge that series against the Nationals uh, in the beginning of the year. Yep. Yep. Boy, I tell you, the Angels sure are a a letdown, I tell you. They really are. Could have used some help, you guys. Jesus. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for this week. But before we go, we need to remind you that today's episode of the Chatting Average podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink. Sports Drink is your digital water cooler. So it's a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open up Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K, spelled just like sports drink, but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We are not trying to let the funk out. Cam? Yes, Alex. You didn't let the funk out while I was away, did you? Oh, I don't know. I had some rough meals while you were gone. I I, I funked up the whole Mediterranean. <laughs> I can imagine so. <laughs> Boy, the Angels sure do suck. Ah, yes, the Angels suck. And uh, more on that next week when we come back with another brand new episode of the Chatting Average podcast. So for Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. has been the chatting average podcast brought to you by sports drink be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast and please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash chatting average we'll see you next week for another brand new episode <laughs>